My insecurity wasn't my looks per se. I was insecure when I wasn't given love and attention. I was insecure when I didn't feel important or valued. Welcome to Fry Dates with Ray, a podcast where I take you on a date to discuss life, love, and everything relatable. Today, my lunch is from Super Greek. It's actually called the pumpkin ball salad. So I'm going to be having this while I talk about the topic of insecurities. Essentially, when I was younger, I was the most insecure about my looks. I mean, in my mind, I was a very good-looking girl in primary school. So when I was younger, I was actually born with single eyelids. Uh, not that single eyelids are bad, alright? I'm not even saying that. But it's just like, I was so... I was so concerned about it for some reason because in the media, you see people mainly with double eyelids. And at that point of time, I don't think there was a Korean wave and face yet. So double eyelids were the way to go. I remember what my mother did was she put double eyelid sticker on for me every single day. And I would go to primary school with double eyelid stickers. Uh, and after a while, they became permanent. But only one side was permanent. Now I have to make the other side permanent. <laughs> I only put one side and I was insecure if people saw me with that double sticker and they pointed out to me. Yeah, and in secondary school, I was actually insecure about my legs because I guess I have heavier legs than most girls. There was once I remember I was sitting on a bus and uh, my classmate was beside me, he's a guy. And I think, you know, our legs probably touched and he asked me like, hey, your legs are hairier than mine leh. So I was like super like awkward and embarrassed uh, because it's something that I felt insecure about for a while at that point of time. Well, obviously, it's very easy to solve. All you need to do is just shave your legs, which I do now. But at the point of time, I didn't think about that, okay? So I was insecure about that. Um, I remember there was a point in time where I was so insecure about my looks. I had a lot of pimples back in secondary school. I wouldn't want to even look in the mirror. I think most of my childhood was mainly being insecure about my body, my face. Especially in secondary school, in my mind, I just thought that if guys like me, and let's say if I have a boyfriend, it means that I'm attractive. I think it's just how some people started getting attached in secondary school and there's always this like guy of the level that is cute and this girl that is cute and people just talk about that guy and that girl and I always wanted to be the one that, that guys would like and talk about. That carried on throughout secondary school and because I had that insecurity, in JC, this guy started chatting with me and he asked me out for lunch once uh, we went to like pepper lunch when pepper lunch was like extremely in trend back then and it was like luxury for JC kids and we're having our food and this by the way was the first ever date and prior to that I only knew him for a couple of months maybe a couple of weeks and halfway through the meal he asked me can you be my girlfriend and this is literally what happened I was like okay and I barely knew the guy because in my mind, I just thought, hey, it would be quite nice to have a guy that I can watch movies with, right? How cool is that? Well, obviously a relationship is not just about watching movies. It's more than that. Okay, so because of my insecurity um, of my looks and me thinking that if I have a boyfriend, it means that I'm attractive, I just said yes to a guy very easily. Now, because of the JC, had this whole clubbing phase and at first, um, of course, like, Guys would come to me, wanna dance with me and all that. And you know, at that point of time, I was like, hey, you know, I'm attractive, you know, guys wanna dance with me. And I was riding on that high of guys being attracted to me. When the reality is, honestly, it's a club. Like, 
when alcohol comes into the picture and when it's dark and there's flashing light, everybody just looks more attractive in the darkness. And I would be, you know, like hanging out with these guys and after a while, they'll just leave me hanging. So it made me even more insecure. On hindsight, I realized that my insecurity wasn't my looks per se. Um, I was insecure when I wasn't given uh, love and attention. I was insecure when I didn't feel important or valued. And this is exactly why I'm an MC now. Right? Because when I'm on stage, I get a lot of attention. Truth. You know, I think the first step to delay the insecurities is really just acknowledging that you have this insecurity and the reason why you have it is so-and-so. So the reason why I have it was because when I was younger, I felt like I wasn't valued. I think it was all in my head, honestly. I felt like I wasn't good at my studies as much. I wasn't able to have influence or have like any value to people. So right now, my insecurity stems from that. And yeah, I love attention. I like it when people are grateful for things that I do for them. I like it when I have positive influence over people. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that. First step is to really acknowledge that my insecurity stems from this. And it's fine. Um, I mean, of course, fast forward. After a couple of years in uni, then I started hanging around with like people who are entrepreneurs, freelancers, people who are sort of already having their own thing. They are already like chasing their dreams. Um, they are already working and all that. And because of that, I got influenced positively, I would like to think. And I started, you know, um, working on my own personal growth. Currently, my insecurity would be when other people have got things all figured out and I feel like I don't have all of these things figured out in my life. I think the whole I I entire idea is that it's fine to not have things figured out. In fact, we always have two choices. Choice one, not knowing what you want, but just, you know, going with the flow, getting a job just because it's the most natural way out, and, and you just flow through life without really taking risks and finding out what you truly want to do. Or you take that road of uncertainty at first, and explore along the way but definitely while you're exploring you will feel like hey what am i doing is chasing my passion even worth it is this even my passion whatever it is like people call this the side hustle it's gonna be uncertain at the start well i mean if you want to get closer to finding your passion then the role of uncertainty it's inevitable i am going to just look at a couple of questions that i posted on IG stories. So the first question I actually asked was, what are your insecurities and how do you deal with them? So one of my friends actually replied, his insecurity is, I can't stand losing and not being the best I think I can be. This is 100% relatable. I am a perfectionist. And because of that, you know, perfection actually stops me from taking action sometimes. Sometimes you all have this underlying need for perfection and for approval. And personally for me, like even when I thought of filming this series, in my head I had a million and one thoughts like, oh, after I film this, or oh, people like not even bother to watch or respond to it, will this even help? Because of us seeking perfection. Uh, we already imagine the outcome when we haven't even done the thing. So for example, like even before I film this video, I really think of what will happen after I film the video. This whole idea of seeking perfection is not just for new things, but is for things that we are so good at already that we expect ourselves to be perfect at it. If you fail that one time, 
and then you judge yourself heavily on that. When I was in year one in uni, we had this module called speech. At a part of time, I was already emceeing for a couple of years. One of our assessments uh, is this impromptu speech. And when I was walking up, a few people were like saying, Ken la, MC Ray, you got this! Which made me even more nervous and the pressure was like on. So I went up to the stage, I mean just the front of the class basically, uh, and I picked up the topic. I can't even remember what the topic was. I went blank completely blank. We were actually given one minute to think before we speak. And so after that one minute, my teacher said, okay, Ray, you can start. And I was like, okay, wait, 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 oh my god. And I was like literally freaking out because in my mind, all I could think was, okay, I can do this. And people are going to think that like, I mean, you're an MC, you should be able to do this right, things like that. I think I paused and freaked out for like two whole minutes. And I got a C for the assessment. I was like so upset at myself because uh, in my mind, I wanted to be perfect. Since it happened, uh, what I told myself is, okay, now I know that I'm not good at impromptu speech. I'm not good on my feet. What I gotta do now is find ways to be better on my feet. And so I joined Toastmasters. I did more informal events, which required me to speak off the cuff instead of just read from a script. And I put myself out of the comfort zone a lot. Yeah, all those little failures really grow you. When I choose to see failure as a way to improve myself instead of just try to take that thought out of my head and sweep it under the carpet, I actually grow. When I start to see that failures are opportunities for growth, I am not so afraid to fail anymore. And whenever I do something new, I tell myself, okay, there's a possibility that I'm going to fail. And it's fine. In my mind, my dad always tells me this. Just think about the worst thing that could happen if you do this thing. And then ask yourself, can you accept that this worst thing has happened? If you can, sure, go for it. So it's like, what's the worst thing that could happen if I pick up this MC event? I don't do a good job. That's it. Will I die? No. At most, I lose a client. Okay, so back to the responses. Um, another one of my pals actually mentioned one of his insecurities are close friends who doubt your expertise. I actually messaged him and I wanted to know like what exactly does he mean by that. Context-wise, he is actually someone in the insurance industry. He said that it was only one friend actually. She feels that if she does business with me, she's doing me a favor. Ha 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 ha. Despite coming from an area of trying to help and add value. So I asked her out for an appointment on a few occasions. Her immediate reply was, you want me to buy from you now? Ah? I don't have money now to support you. You should find other clients and friends to support you. I felt misunderstood and unappreciated. Uh, but then again, not everyone believes in my line of work and see actual value in what I do. And it's from a close friend. The worst feeling is having someone close to you to belittle what you do or to judge what you do. Like maybe it's a parent that think you being in the film industry or the media industry wouldn't work out. Or like you wouldn't be able to start your own business. Or like you're not good enough to do investments. It's not meant for you now. You're too young. And I really relate to this because like, I did do sales before. There were a couple of friends who would ask me, are you going to sell me products again? Or like, are you going to promote your products? Ah? <laughs> like that kind of thing. Um, which made me feel obviously kind of annoyed, especially because they were my close friends back then. And there are friends that stuck by me all these years, and even though they don't purchase products from me, you know, one of my close friends, she actually told me, uh, Ray, uh, I don't really know what path exactly you're on, but I see the growth in you, and I'm really proud of you. That was like such a touching moment in my life, because I knew that, oh my gosh, I'm actually getting goosebumps, because I knew that sometimes your personal journey, people might 
not understand. And sometimes when uh, you're too goal-focused, you might neglect certain relationships. But the real friends that stick close to you, um, they will seek to understand where you're coming from and they will stick by you no matter what. Um, that being said, of course, I do acknowledge that I did neglect certain friendships. And I agree, like I wasn't a good friend at certain points of time because I was too focused on uh, my career and all that. So I think it's really a balance of you being that good friend but also making sure that you're not compromising um, your happiness and you're not compromising uh, your passion and your work. You're not compromising your feelings just because that person's a friend. I think the whole situation is really how like if people don't believe in what you do, well, you know, at the start, nobody's going to believe in what you do, especially if they don't see you in that successful state now. So just stick close to the reason why you chose to do that thing. Stick close to that and remind yourself that reason and people's opinions wouldn't matter as much. Uh, I saw this quote, I can't remember where the quote was, um, and it says, if you want to please everybody, be an ice cream seller. Okay, another response. And this is from one of my friends, Glenda. She is also an MC. So I completely relate to this. Uh, she mentioned her insecurities, thinking I'm not good enough. Uh, I mean, how I deal with it, I compare a picture of myself four years ago and now, and I'm like, I've grown. So for her personally, she mentioned it was mainly for the looks aspect, especially since she does emceeing. If let's say she was co-hosting with someone, then she'll always have this, I mean, she'll have this thought in her head. Like, uh, you know, the co-host is more pretty than me and because that, people are going to like her more. For me, I had this insecurity as well. I'm not the tallest person. You know, in the media, a lot of female celebrities and MCs are just people who are tall and slim and good-looking. I really try to not let it get to my head. I think for a long time, I've like worked on my inner self such that I gain confidence from there instead of the outside. But what I realised is also, uh, you know, if most of you who have followed my Instagram, you would know that I had a huge eczema outbreak half a year ago. And with me looking all like red and raw and everything, it was one of my lowest points. You can go and watch my first IGTV, which is the 100 day without makeup, and hear a little bit more about my eczema experience. Uh, but essentially, I felt very terrible about myself. I wore shades the whole time while walking around. Uh, but I still did training in schools. I still went for networking events. I taught my first out-of-networking workshop to a bunch of strangers as well. And I realized that after I talk to people, sure, they'll have this question mark at the top of their face for a while. When I focus on the conversation, I focus on asking them about themselves and to create that actual connection and relationship with new people. I can still you know, have good conversations with people, even with me looking like that. So that really confirmed to me that looks are not the most important. Uh, yes, they create that initial and first impression. Naturally, most of us judge on first looks. We, we can't deny it. But in the long term, it's really the personality and the character that matters. And that's something I realized. I think how to deal with that is just to focus on others instead of yourself. And this really uh, stands true for anything, any insecurity as well. Just tell yourself that you're not just doing this for yourself, you're doing this for others. So another response is, Insecurity is being left out. Uh, being left out, or I like to use the word FOMO, fear of missing out is a very real thing. So when I was in year one and year two, fear of missing out was huge. Like whenever I go to school, I'll 
be worried of about whether I have friends there so I wouldn't be seen alone. I would never eat alone uh, when I was in year one and year two at uni and I wanted to be included in a lot of things. If let's say I wasn't invited to something and I saw an IG story, then I'll feel like a bit sad. And I really hated feeling that way. It's not like I really didn't like feeling the FOMO. Uh, for me, now I don't have FOMO. <laughs> or lesser lah, lesser. Because in year one and year two versus now, uh, my priorities were very different. So back then, I only had studies and hang out with friends and have a social clique and clubbing, right? So to me, it's like if I wasn't studying, um, I wanted to be around people. Uh, but throughout the years right now, I'm more focused on... Um, my freelance career, creating content, finding out my personal brand, those items are very high on my priority list. So much so that I choose the social activities that I go for. So there really is no time to be FOMO because those things that I'm left out from are probably things that are not as important to me. Like they're probably not my close friends because close friends wouldn't leave me out. What I realized is really to find something that you love to do personally and put that on your priority so that you wouldn't be FOMO. Okay, so the last two responses on insecurity are pretty much similar. Uh, first response is fear of incompetency and setback, and how he copes is by reciting Rocky Balboa's motivational speech. Essentially, he says that you are the one in control of your own success. Don't blame it on anyone else or any situation. You are in full control of your own success. And that is also a great thing. Because you never have to think that I'm not pretty enough, that's why I won't succeed in the MC industry or because of this, because of that. If you really, really wanted to, you'll find a way to get there. Okay, so moving on to the second question I posted on my Insta stories, which is, does anybody have questions about insecurities? And the first response is, is proving people wrong a good motivation? We always think like, yeah, I want to prove that I'm good. Or like if people ever doubt us, like maybe parents thinking that you cannot succeed in a particular industry, like, oh, I want to prove my parents that I can do it. That could be a good temporary motivation, but it will never be a long-lasting motivation. Because if that is your motivation for keeping you going, then after you manage to prove them wrong, then what? And also one more thing, I think this applies for whether it's like motivation for doing what you do or whether it is personal or romantic relationships. As long as your source of motivation, your source of happiness or your feelings are dependent on someone else's opinions or actions, then you're in a dangerous spot because people are unpredictable. If you're going to be dependent on that, then your feelings are really going to go up and down. It's fine as a temporary motivation, but while you're using that as temporary motivation, think about what's a bigger motivation for doing what you do. Okay, to end this little chatting session, and by the way, I'm not even half done with my food. I hope you have finished your food already. I'm just going to respond to this one question. How do you embrace your insecurities and not let it affect you? The first step is to acknowledge that you have those insecurities. Find out why you're insecure. Look back into your life. Why was I ever insecure about this? Is it because someone has judged me before and it caused me to have this fear entrenched in my mind? Or is it because when I was younger, I wasn't given a lot of opportunities and right now I'm insecure when I fail in one opportunity? Find out that cause. After you're aware of it, if let's say you want to go ahead and do things like 
start a new job, start a new role, and you find yourself stopping because of insecurity, you can tell yourself, okay, it's just my insecurity talking. It's just my insecurity talking. Um, the second thing I would say is, I ask my close friends, can you give me an honest response or what do you think my strengths are and what do you think are my weaknesses? Uh, and you realize that you have a lot of strengths that you did not see as a strength. So one of my strengths that I didn't see as a strength at first because I, when I was younger, I just always thought like, I'm not talented at anything. I wasn't very good at music. Uh, I wanted to be a singer. I wasn't very good at singing. I mean, I can sing, but in terms of like matching the key and everything, I'm bad at that. I wasn't good at academics. I literally did not know what I was naturally talented at. So I just asked people like, by the way, what do you think are my strengths? And one main strength that people told me is how I'm able to connect with people from all walks of life. How I'm able to start a conversation with people very easily. And yeah, and I was like, hey... Actually, that is a strength. So when you seek that third opinion, you realize that you have more strengths than you think you have, that will also bring down the insecurity level. And I think thirdly is to be grateful of how far you have grown. Uh, take a look back at where you were maybe five years ago versus now. If you have found that you have grown, be grateful for that and tell yourself that despite the insecurity, you have grown this far. So yes, I really do hope that you have enjoyed this like, little conversation with me. Yeah, and I have a new lunch every week, even if I might not finish it. <laughs> okay, until then, see you. Bye. Bye.